If you're anything like me, or for that matter, most other photographers that I know, you worry about your camera gear and your lighting gear near water, right? It's one of the first things that we're taught. Electronics and water, they don't mix. But not today's guest on Behind the Shot, because he couldn't do his job if some of his gear wasn't actually in the water. It's underwater photographer Brett Stanley on this episode of Behind the Shot. Hi, welcome to another episode of Behind the Shot. I'm your host, Steve Brazel, and this is the podcast where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots from conception to completion and any stories and challenges that happen in between. If you like what you're seeing on the show, you can always subscribe at thisweekinphoto.com. That way, whatever your podcast listener of choice is, you get the latest episodes delivered right to you. Of course, we're on the web page there as well, behind the shot at thisweekinphoto.com. And we're also on YouTube. So find us wherever it's easier for you. Today's guest is kind of an unusual one. Now, I met this guy originally, I think it was February of 2017. At WPPI, he's a friend of Renee Robin. If you don't know Renee Robin, you need to look up Renee Robin photography. And she introduced him to me and I started looking through his website and went, oh my gosh, I've got to get this guy on the show because most photographers that I know, even those guys that have camera gear that's weather sealed, avoid rain. I know guys with high-end camera gear that if it's misty outside, they're like, oh my camera, my camera. This guy goes in the water with his camera gear and his lighting gear. Most people won't do that. I'd like to welcome Brett Stanley to the show. Brett, how are you, man? Good, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. So let me talk about you for a second, because they're going to immediately pick up that you have an accent, even though you live in L.A. Uh, you're Australian, right? I am Australian. Where, where in Australia? Yeah. I grew up in a, a small area called the Central Coast, and it's just north of Sydney. Okay. Uh, I, I just before your episode... Uh, interviewed another Australian photographer that now actually lives in the UK. Uh, Anthony D'Angio um, does more music photography, but now he's you know doing Everest photography, doing mountain climbing type stuff, but great music photographer as well. Uh, so you are, in looking at your website, you sent me a bio, but I also checked your website. And on your website, it actually describes you as a commercial advertising fashion photographer. But really, you specialize in what we're going to talk about today underwater portraits and fine art how do those all connect for you uh that's a good question um so the the commercial advertising fashion side of things was kind of where i started um before i even got into the underwater stuff so it was where i wanted to be uh i kind of pushed to be uh in more in the advertising world i wanted to shoot more campaign stuff and conceptual things um but I just am addicted to underwater. Like, underwater is my happy place. I grew up uh, basically in the water. We had a backyard pool. Um, and I spent almost you know, every day in that pool uh, swimming around and, you know, as kids do. Um, and then, I don't know, like I think about five years ago, I was like 2012, 2013, I um, thought I should get back into being underwater and shooting underwater. Um, I've been diving since I was 16. So you're um, a certified diver then? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was 16, my parents, uh, gave me diving lessons for my birthday and I'd been underwater my whole life. Um, and when I started getting into photography, I started to take that underwater as well. I bought a tiny little Canon 
camera that, you know, had a little housing that, that it went in and I would take photos of fish and coral and stuff. Um, but I kind of found that kind of pretty boring and pretty limited for me. I wasn't really interested in um, the little nudibranchs and pictures of fish and stuff. Um, so I kind of gave it up. And then it wasn't until I started shooting some some fashion stuff that I was like, hang on, what, what would this look like underwater? Um, and so I decided to uh, invest in a little bit of gear and I uh, jumped in our local public pool and shot some stuff and I kind of was addicted ever since. So it was not, because that was going to be one of my questions actually, was the trigger for this, the, the you know, the, the reason you first jumped in the water with electronics, which is insane <laughs> yeah. in, in most cases. Uh, I was wondering if it was like a commercial job where they came to you and said, you know, here's our vision, you know, a, a creative director, right? Here's our vision. We've got this beautiful girl with flowers on your hair and we want her under the water. It was literally just you wanted to be back in the water. Yeah, basically. Um, my whole photography career has been driven by trying to do something different or, or try to get the ideas that are in my head out. Um, and a lot of that, uh, you know, is also trying to pay the bills, which is the commercial side of it. Um, and not very often do you get clients who want to do things that are, that are outside the box too often. So as a photographer, you kind of got to try and, find your own little things and, and well, find uh, your happy place, which in your case you did, you found the water. Uh, exactly. Your, yeah. your client list, you've done KFC women's weekly rolling stone. I mean, really your list on your website is huge. I mean, you've shot for anybody who's anybody. Um, but what I found fascinating in, in your bio is you're also shooting as fine art portraiture for clients that want their own pictures taken. And is it, you're serious that some of your clients that you take pictures of underwater can't swim? Oh, totally. Yeah. I have people who, um, who come to me um, either out of, out of uh, wanting to become better at something or if they want to, uh, to say they've got a fear of water, but they want to overcome it and they love the photos that I'm taking, then they will try and use that to overcome their either their fear of water or the fact that they can't see that that's I'm going to look at your portfolio differently now because now I'm going to look at your portfolio going was that one that was afraid I mean that's that's kind of an interesting part now speaking of of clientele you have a different kind of clientele too you do do workshops both group and and one-on-one that have to do with underwater photography or or underwater lighting and before I bring this shot up I want to introduce one other point about you that when Renee said to me first you need to get him on your show um one of the things she said to me is this guy creates his own gear. So if you're shooting something and, and what you need, what you want doesn't exist, you create your own lighting, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and to be honest, when I first got into underwater, um, the barrier for entry for a lot of underwater photographers is the expense of all the gear. It's, it's crazy. Um, and I'm really kind of frugal. If, if I can't buy it, if I can't afford it, I'll try and build it myself. Um, and so I spent quite a lot of time um, trying to work out how to take things that are not meant to go underwater and build housings for them to take them underwater. So my first underwater light or strobe was a, a Canon 580 and I just built a housing for it. A standard Canon 580 EX2 or whatever it is strobe. Yeah, just a, like a on-camera flash. I built a housing for it and took it underwater and- You've got guts, my man. First shots. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So let, let's jump into this shot because now that people kind of have the idea of what you're creating just to get your shots, when they, when they see your photography, it, it's eye-opening what you do. So this shot, um, we're calling it starlight for, for lack of a better phrase. Um, yeah. Because of the stars in the background and the, the uh, this is just, it's a perfect title really because the other thing I get when I first saw this shot was she looks like she's floating in space, mm. right? She yeah. literally looks like she's floating in outer space with the Milky Way behind her and uh, just this reflection pool in front of her that's also floating and yet she is crystal clear in the reflection as well. So where do you shoot something like this? Is just a random backyard pool? So this one was actually shot in uh, Switzerland. Um, I spent uh, a month in Switzerland just this uh, last June um, uh, shooting over there. And so this was uh, in a dive pool in a small town in the, the east of Switzerland. Um, just now, yeah, now you say dive pool, but effectively it's it's an in-ground swimming pool. Yeah. And, right? Yeah, it's an in-ground swimming pool at a dive shop. So it's where okay. they train it's where you get divers. certified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm looking at. Do, do you know exposure on this? I mean, exit I, data. Yeah. Um. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh. It. I usually shoot around um, 200 ISO and 200 um, um shutter shutter, and about eight for the uh, for the f stop. Okay, and you that that's your starting point. If you jump in the water, you're at you're at 200 200 f8. Yeah, that's my kind of baseline and then I'll adjust either side of that. Um mostly because I'm shooting indoors, I know pretty much what the lighting's going to be like. And lighting wise, do you normally have one light, two light, three light or it varies every shot? I mean, do you have a standard standard kit setup that you use? Yeah, I have a standard three light setup. Um so I'll have a strobe on the surface. Um, that is either pointing in or bouncing off something. Now um, on this one is uh, we should point out actually in this shot, as we talk about lighting, she's upside down. She is upside down. Yeah. So really that reflection, she's underwater Coming floating out. up towards the surface and the reflection is the surface, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the light on her cheek and her uh, inside of her arm and, and her chest, that's from outside of the water. That's right. Yeah. So that's from a, a strobe I've got on the surface uh, bouncing off the roof of the pool room that, they're in, that we're in. And OK, so is that is that like a studio strobe or is it a, a speed light? Uh, a studio strobe. So it was a, a pro photo, I think. OK, so I have to ask a question I didn't think of and didn't write down, but it just hit me. How are you booming that out over the water? Because it's electronics, right? Yeah. There's a battery in it. Yeah. If that thing fell in the water, that's a that's a hazard. So how do you boom this thing out? And is is your strobe that's out of the water in a waterproof container? So the strobes that I have on the surface are generally uh, mains powered. Um, safety around water is, is kind of paramount. Um, the places that I shoot, uh, like public swimming pools or these dive pools have um, pretty kind of quick uh, kill switches on them. So if something did fall into water, it would be, it would shut off very quickly. So there's the chance of electrocution is really, really low. Um, in this case, the strobe is just on a stand, probably about um, a meter and a half back, you know, six feet back from the side of the pool. 
um, and it's just shooting up at the roof and bouncing back down again. So it's not actually over the pool at all. It's okay. So this is all reflected light. Exactly. Yeah. And I want that and nice and soft light to come through. I don't want it to be a hard strobe. Oh, light. The, this this lighting is so beautiful. The shadows are some of the softest things, which, by the way, is key to the shot. I mean, if 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 the lighting wasn't as soft as it is, you'd lose that suspended floating effect, right? The harsh mm. shadows would take your eye right out of the 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 um the softness of of her floating. So, what other what other lights are in this so we've got the one on the surface which is giving her that beautiful soft glow um and then i've got two strobes that are actually on the bottom of this pool shooting up at her um and these are two uh c and c uh i think they're ds1s uh waterproof strobes so they're meant to go underwater there okay they're um you know custom not custom made but they're that's exactly what they're designed for um and i've got two of those on the on the bottom of the pool kind of shooting up at her um, which is why you can see that shadow coming across the bottom half of her face. Well, and and so are you shooting with these strobes? Are you shooting TTL? Are you Nikon or Canon? Uh, Canon. Okay. Are you shooting ETTL? Are you shooting manual? And then from the ratio point of view, how do you normally so, choose this? Yeah, so um, I don't use TTL at all. Um, I, I'm a bit of a control freak, so I like to be able to control everything. And TTL tends to, especially underwater, because light bounces around so much that you get uh, kind of strange results. So everything for me is set on manual. Um, and I kind of know that if I have my strobe on the surface at about half power, that I can set my smaller strobes on their half power and it'll give me a good look. Um, the bottom ones are mainly for, for a fill and a bit of a rim. So I don't want them to be but, too bright. But you can run them at the same power as your key light. Is that because the water diffuses it more? Yeah. So water will slow light down. Well, not slow it down, but it'll drop its volume really quickly. Um, so the power of it drops off a lot faster underwater. Okay, interesting. So obviously, I mean, making choices with water shooting and props and everything are harder as well. So not just the lighting, but one of the things I find fascinating in this photo and really all of your pictures, I mean, as you as you scan through your portfolio, I notice a consistency of of the uh, the props and wardrobe and stuff like yeah. that. Right. So if she's if, if if you visually in your mind for a viewer flip this upside down, that's really what she is. Right. She's floating up against the water and her reflection is in the surface of the pool. Exactly. How come her dress is not floating up around her head? How come her hair is not moving? How do you, and, and that's in all your photos. There are shots where to me, clearly there's a proper a wardrobe item that should be floating to the surface. How do you manage that? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, what I've spent the last sort of three, three to five years trying to, trying to work out is how to, how to work with things underwater. Um, hair is a big one. So in this case, um, Vanessa, the model, her hair is actually tied back. So she didn't really want her hair to flow around too much. So it's actually, I think it's tied back in a braid, um, which is why it's not kind of taking off. So she's a client, right? This is not a commercial shoot. She wanted a yeah, underwater right. shot. And she is actually hugely scared of water. Um, and this pool was, uh, about 10 feet deep. Wow. So 
you're okay. Her hair's back. You have, if people go to thisweekinphoto.com and look at the blog post for this, some of the images in the gallery on the blog post, you know, show hair that's you know, moving around braids and, and, and stuff like that. But the dress, that dress should be, I, I, I guess what I don't understand is how does everything look so serene when she's holding her breath? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's half of, um, so half of what I, I do in a photo shoot is I, you know, I take photos of people underwater, but the other half is training them and teaching them how to pose underwater without looking like they're about to die. <laughs> um, so for me, half of it is psychological, um, giving them, um, giving them tools and tips to kind of get themselves, um, comfortable in the water so that they're not freaking out. Um, and for her, what it is, what's actually happening in that photo is that she's gone to the bottom of the pool and she's floating back up again. Not swimming. She literally went to the bottom, relaxed and floats up at a natural pace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what I teach them is how to basically sink to the bottom of the pool. And I don't put weights on my models. Um, I just get them to naturally sink. Uh, And when she hit the bottom... She took a moment to kind of work out where she was, get her, get her dress and everything looking good. And then she just basically kicked off and she floated up to the surface so, really, okay, really slowly. Uh, okay. Now, hold on a second here. <laughs> let me go back to your first thing and then don't let me forget my question. Okay. Which has to do with timing. She, she goes down to the bottom. She's holding her breath the whole time, right? She pushes off yeah. and she's afraid of water. And you've taught this young lady some tips on how not to drown. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be blunt, right? Yeah. Please don't drown while you're under there. So, yeah. What, what are your like top two tips for people who don't normally hold their breath underwater while also not flailing around going, oh, my gosh, I'm holding my breath? Well, the, the, the top tip for me is to tell them to forget the fact that they're underwater. I want them to be unaware of that. I want them to lose themselves in the pose, lose themselves in the, in the props and, and the, the final image. I want them to think about that because being underwater is a mental battle. You can be underwater for a lot longer than you think you can. It's just your mind is telling you you need to come up. Um, so that's number one. Uh, and number two is just relaxing and giving themselves into the feeling of being underwater. Because it is a dreamlike sensation down there. Um, and if you've ever wanted to fly or to float or hover or you've had a dream, um, this is the place to pull it off. So I kind of just, I just kind of guide them towards the fact that they, they want to be here. Surrender they to the suspension to feeling, as it were, which, exactly. which brings yeah. me to that question. She's at the bottom of the pool. She kind of kicks off and then relax and, and float up. But she is floating yep. up. And in this picture, she is that close to the surface of the water, but she's not going to suddenly stop and go, okay, ready, snap your shot, right? She's floating by, no. and in, in a second after this, she's going to contact the surface of the water. Yeah. So how, how long on each push off do you get to take pictures? Um, it depends on how on the person. Um, so some people float faster than others. And depends on what they're wearing as well. So she's if she didn't have the dress on, she would float a lot faster because there's less resistance. So she'd kind of shoot to the surface. 
Um, because she's got the dress on, it's going to cause some drag, so it's going to slow her ascent. Um, but it is, you know, when she kicks off to, to the surface, it's a, it's a matter of seconds. Um, and it's just that I know exactly where I want her to be to get the shot that I want. Well, and I that explains that also why her dress isn't coming up around her. If she was floating still, yes, her dress might move up with the current to the water, but she's moving forward. So the dress is being pulled back and that would happen with hair too. There's a flower in the surface I just noticed. That doesn't look like it, it, the flower right above her flower headband. Is that still reflection right there? Yeah. So, so the, the surface of the water has so close to that top um, flower that it is crystal sharp and the, the surface hasn't sort of started moving to do, you know, to distort that part of the flower. I mean, that so one, that, that, that really adds three dimensions to this because it looks like there's another set of flowers on top of the water sticking under. Yeah. Um, what's the, what, what are the stars in the background? What is that, like a backdrop? No, it's just bubbles. It's just air bubbles from when she's swum down and they're all just starting to come back up. Oh, I kid you not. I thought what you do do sometimes, right? A backdrop? Yes. So this is a black backdrop uh, that I'm shooting against. And I do that quite a bit because black gives you that kind of void, that, un, you know, that limitless kind of feel. Okay. So there's, there's both then. It's, it's a black backdrop, solid black. What, what's the material? Uh, for this one, it's ripstop nylon. And you weighed it down somehow? Yeah, so it's uh, held at the top by the surface. Uh, it's actually cl clipped on to a rail that's going across the back of the pool. Uh, and then on the bottom of it, I've just got some, um, some diving weights that I've clipped onto it to hold it down. Interesting. I, I just, this, 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 you can get lost in this picture because she looks, <laughs> oh, cool. you know what it looks like? It's almost like a goddess yeah. that's, that's in the sky looking down at the earth like a Greek goddess type thing. Yeah. Uh, just fascinating makeup she did herself or do you hire makeup artists uh we had a makeup artist usually i hire makeup artists because the makeup front of water is um is it's different to normal makeup um the the products you use you know have to be kind of uh waterproof and not come off and the color scheme as well underwater colors shift and change quite dramatically so if you want a, a certain look you've kind of got to know how that's going to change when you hit the water and you learn that just from experience, knowing what colors shift to what? Yeah, generally. Um, I mean, the common rule is that the warmer the light, so the reds, the yellows, the oranges, are going to disappear quicker underwater than the blues and the colds and the greens. So the surface in this is still, it's a slight ripple, but it's pretty smooth. Yeah. Does she go, when she goes down to the bottom, that gives it enough time to settle down or does she enter the pool from a different spot so that this spot stays calm? No, it's, it was quite a small pool. Um, and so the smaller the surface area of the pool, the quicker it's going to settle. Um, and so okay, when she went sense, down, yeah. it was actually kind of moving quite a lot. But by the time she comes back up, it's already settled. And what made you decide to flip it upside down? I do this quite a lot with my stuff. Um, and I find that if an image is looking kind of just fairly normal, uh, if I flip it, it'll generally take on a whole new kind of form. Um, if you flip this one back how it was, it's not as interesting, I find. Um, oh, I did that. Oh, you did? Yeah. I flipped this thing every way from Sunday and, and there's no question, this is the way this shot is meant to be. I mean, it's, it's and, and your colors, you, you know, you mentioned, I want to get into post here really quick. Yeah. You mentioned that your 
your uh, that colors shift and you have to understand wardrobe and makeup combinations so that they look the way that you want when, when you photograph them. I mean, anybody who's done any underwater photography, you know, even if you're just snorkeling and you've got a small underwater camera um, in Hawaii or something, um, it's 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 very, very different. Light is different. Everything else. Your post-production is such that you don't go over the top. Your colors are all very calm and relaxing and natural. You don't overpower power it. Does that do you find that reinforces the surreal effect? Yeah, I'm a, I'm quite a fan of uh, of detail and the crystal clarity. Um, so underwater, I kind of want to keep it as uh, surreal as I can. Um, a lot of my shots, kind of without that reflection, you wouldn't know that she was actually underwater. So I kind of like to keep the skin tones kind of close to what they would normally be, uh, and I don't really go overboard just because my personal preference. I'm not really into. I don't kind of trust myself editing something out, you just, of, out of that scope. You just made an interesting comment. Without the reflection, you wouldn't know she's underwater and, and something just hit me. Mm. Normally, when you swim underwater, I played water polo for years, so I'm well familiar with being in right. water. Normally, when you're underwater, there are air bubbles, just like you see against the backdrop there, that stick to your body. Yeah. There's no air bubbles on her. Do you remove those in post? No, not generally. Unless they're unless they're on the face and they're um, man, they're not attractive or they're in a weird spot. So how do you keep her from getting any? Just luck? Um, yeah, it is luck. It comes down to a few things, especially body type and body shape. Um, if you've got uh, sort of you know, hair on your skin, small hairs, the bubbles will stick to that more than they will if you don't have hairs. So. Uh, you can see there is a little bubble just on her on her elbow here. Um, yeah, yeah, that's about it. After I've worked with someone in a pool for, I mean, we'd probably shot for about forty five minutes before this point. The bubbles kind of come off because she's not coming out of the water and picking up the bubbles to take them back under again. So she's not picking those bubbles. So, up. so let's say that somebody wanted to try this type of photography, yeah. right? Um. For some strange, unknown reason, they decided, you know, I want to take electronics near water. Whoa. <laughs> Doing what you do so well, what, what is your one quick tip that you would give somebody that wanted to try this? Uh, my one quick, trip, uh, quick tip is um, if you're working with electronics, make sure you, if you can do it with batteries, do it with batteries. Um, if you're starting to use mains power, then you need to know what you're doing. You know, make sure your pool is uh, is properly earthed. Make sure you've got, um, you know, uh, mains trippers. So if something does start to short, it's going to short it out. Right. You know, safety is everything. So really, the best thing would be avoid AC and go DC, go battery no matter what. And, totally. and you've got a better chance of of staying safe. And just make sure, you know. Unless you really know what you're doing, don't build your own gear. So if if people, I can't stress this enough, go to the This Week in Photo blog post for this episode and, and just look at his shots. But more importantly, head to his website, follow him on social media. What's your website? You have two main websites. You have your normal one and your portfolio one and an underwater one. What are those? Yeah, so if you go to brettstanleyphoto.com, uh, that's my kind of, that's my portfolio site for my more commercial work. Uh, if you go to uh, underwater-photographer.com, that's more about my fine art portraiture stuff. Um, and that's where people can sort of find more about the, the workshops and, and actually getting in front of the camera if they want to. And then you have a print store too where people can buy prints. Yeah, which is just, I think it's just shop.brettstanleyphoto.com. 
you're on Facebook, uh, Brett Stanley pho- Photography. You're on Instagram and Twitter as Brett's Photo. Yep. And you're also on 500 Pick. That's right. Uh, which is Brett Stanley Photo on yeah. 500 Picks, PX. Um, so I, I can't say how much I, I told you this via email, but I can't tell you how much I love your photography, man, because it's it's so not what I will ever do. And yet I will definitely have these in my head and your style in my head as I shoot what I do, because oh, cool. it'll change. You know, the, the, your your lighting is just so beautiful. I love it. Thanks, I absolutely man. love it. Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. So do me a favor, if you're watching this, make sure that you follow Brett on any of his social media stuff. Check out his portfolio. You can check out my stuff and you can contact me through the This Week in Photo website. Just look for behind the shot at the top. Click that. You'll find all the past episodes. You can use the contact form to reach out to me. And also make sure that you subscribe to the podcast again so that you get all the newest episodes delivered right to your podcast app. So that's it for this episode of Behind the Shot, where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots. I'm Steve Brazel, your host, and we will see you next time. Hey there, I'm Frederick Van Johnson. Thanks for checking out the TWIP Network on YouTube. If you'd like to keep up to date with the shows we're putting out, be sure to click subscribe. And while you're at it, give us a thumbs up. You can also subscribe on thisweekinphoto.com where you'll find lots of other great photography shows. Thanks for watching the TWIP Network on YouTube.